I met a guy recently who told me that he spends roughly $250,000 a month. I talked to another person recently who made $50 million at the age of 30. What do you do with that money? How do you spend it? How do you not spend it? What do you invest in? If you meet a rich person, these are questions everyone wants to know, but you're too embarrassed to ask. That's the whole premise of MoneyWise. We talk to real people who have made a significant amount of money, and we ask them all about their finances. My name's Sam Parr, and the podcast is called MoneyWise. That's one word, MoneyWise. You can find MoneyWise wherever you get your podcasts. Trevor Hoffman joining us here on uh, our special Ben and Woods edition from Padres Fan Fest 2023. And Trevor's going to get his headset on. I, I know you were a part of uh, a number of fan fests as a player with the San Diego Padres. Uh, I don't remember them looking anything like this, Trevor. <laughs> I think you could have added them all together and we wouldn't have come up with the amount of people that are here today. So this is incredible. The energy's awesome and the excitement is off the charts. And we've got a lot of eyeballs looking at us. Yeah, it's, it's weird. very weird, isn't it? <laughs> Feel a little bit like we're at the zoo. Well, you're used. To, you're used to it. You're, used you're about to, to save a game in the ninth inning right, or something. Just don't pick your nose right now. That's key. We work in radio for a reason, Trev. We don't want all these. We eyeballs all have on a us. face for radio. That's true. It's yeah. good to see you again, man. You too. What's been, what's your day been like today? Oh wow! Um, started on top of the Western Metals building, doing some autograph signing there, and then uh, had a chance to go and do a photo booth. Uh, got a quick bite to eat, and then. Uh, did a couple things for Pedal of the Cause that's coming up. Yep. That uh, is a great fundraiser. And then uh, finishing off with you guys. Beautiful. Best for last. Just as you kind of mingled around, just the interactions with Padres fans. I mean, it's hard enough for us to walk through this place. For you, you must be stopped every four seconds. You know Three what? Seconds. Just keep moving. That's yeah. kind of yeah. the, the key <laughs> to it all. So, all right. You know, that's uh, it, it, it's well worth it. Yeah. I think the, the fans are what drives the engine, and it's important that uh, – we all get a chance to say thank you um, for them and their participation in this whole thing and understand that we're all excited for pitchers and catchers reporting and getting this thing started. You talk to Hey, my, my nephew Nate Mason right there. Hi, Mason. Good McKenna. Where's Kevin? Have you talked to some of the new guys? Have you talked to Xander? Have you talked to – Had a chance to uh, introduce myself to him last night at a function, and he said thank you for – what you did for my RBI baseball team. You really helped me out with the video games. <laughs> All right. That really aged me a little bit. Well, but, he's uh, a rat. He's a baseball yeah, rat. We talked We talked uh, when we were at Fantasy Camp about Ethan Salas, and we'd heard that story. those stories about him. But Xander's the same way. Yeah. Xander's a, he's a baseball guy. It doesn't. Real personable, fantastic yep. individual, outgoing, wants to win, has been a winner, and so it's an exciting pickup for sure. You and I talked about at Fantasy Camp 2 a few weeks ago about the – reintegration of one Fernando Tatis Jr. back into the squad. We had that article that uh, Kevin and Annie wrote last week that was really, really good, talking about how he's kind of back and ready to take on all the challenges. But to actually see it yesterday out with the guys, the smile, the billion-dollar smile, I'm no longer – I have no longer have any trepidation about this whatsoever. It feels like he's he's fully back. Integration's the key. I mean, that's the big word, and it's going to be a slow process, like you said, and – I think he's gotten some great advice from some of the guys in the clubhouse that we've talked about, and it's going to be something that's going to be nothing easy about it, but yeah. it's something that I think he's up for the challenge. Trevor Hoffman with us here at FanFest. All right, kind of a base, serious baseball question. Uh-oh. I was just downstairs with Manny Machado, and he was asked this as well. Padres get to the NLCS last year, but what is it going? what does it take to get to that next level? You, you went to a World Series, obviously. What's the difference between just those last couple of steps? Because they're – 
all those teams are good there at the end. So how do you start that process in February when you know you really need to be playing well in October? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is you recognize that you have to wait a whole calendar year to get back to that same spot to have the opportunity to punch a ticket. And so it's great being part of the Final Four of what's left at uh, the top of the heap, but you want more. And now you've had a little taste of it, and you understand every little play, every little ounce of what you do is important, and you're going to try and push the, the, the boat over the, over the edge a little bit so you can get to the next step. Talking to Trevor Hoffman here, and uh, got the fans right in front of us at FanFest. Uh, the Padres' bullpen, obviously there's still some question marks in terms of, like, health. Uh, Drew Pomeranz has come back. I don't know what you've been able to, to hear about, but how do you sort of see it shaking out kind of in front of Josh Hader this year as they get ready for the pen? You know what? we got some big arms. I know that. Everybody seems to be throwing 100 miles an hour coming out of the pen, but uh, that's the beauty of spring training. Um, we're going to find out about guys that we have no idea that we're even talking about yet, and so they're going to show up, and they're going to have a, a big imprint on what's going on down there, um, and it's going to be a great opportunity for, uh, for people we're not even thinking about, so it's great. I think, you know, the, the key is to stay healthy all the way across the board. But if they are healthy, then you want innings out of your starters. And when your starters do well, you hand the ball off and you go through the back end of the uh, the bullpen. But, you know, everyone's going to be super important. You think, Trev, it's easier to manage today or harder? Like, it, just the, the pitching staff. You think it's a, it's an easier situation or harder these days to do? I think I think it's a, it's a catch-22 because I think things are laid out to an extent of what you're supposed to do when you get to certain situations. And then you have a manager like we have in Bob Melvin who's had a ton of experience in the dugout and has a, a great way of being able to read his personnel. And so that's this balance of when do you go with your gut and when do you go with the numbers and what it's, it's saying that you should or shouldn't do. And so yeah. I think it's probably it was easier back then rather than to have to digest all the information and not really inundate your players with too much of that information. I think they you don't want them getting caught up. You don't want the analysis by paralysis. So you want a situation where you free up your guys and, ultimately make some decisions that you put them in positions to succeed well back in the day i mean you'd put your starter out there and, and probably hope he goes nine <laughs> and if not maybe you put in goose for the last two or three innings if you're going to win the game and that's it there's not there wasn't a lot of decisions well goose and Raleigh would look down make. in the pen and go i'm better than anybody you're going to bring in <laughs> so put me that in. eliminates them um and no you know the starters are going hey bring in those guys early they're, they're going to go three or four innings so i mean that that was kind of easy in a way itself it is wild i mean the, the to to watch a starter now i mean and look this is just the way it is i have no problem with it i great I, i'm now expecting like just please give me five give me your best five innings and then you turn it over to amazing lefty throwing 100 amazing righty with nasty breaking stuff and then on and on to josh Hader at the end of the bullpen you were that guy at the end Boach, all your managers knew. All right, we're just going to get it to the ninth and hand it off to Trevor, and, and we're good. Not every manager has that luxury, but um, yeah, I, I think it's interesting when you look at what Bob Melvin's got with you, Darvish. He's going to try to stretch him a little bit. He's going to try to stretch Joe a little bit. Blake, probably not so much early. And then after that, there's still kind of a few question marks. The argument is always is it better to have Blake third time around? The numbers are going to say no, that we can bring in a fresh arm that hasn't been seen in the, the BAA, Babbitt, you know, stuff, all these different analogies to explain why they're a better hitter against Blake that third time around than a, a reliever. But you got to trust your eyes sometimes. Yeah. It's a long season. You build your roster at the beginning for a long haul, and then it turns into an absolute sprint if you're, you know, a wild card like we were last year and going into New York. And then it's even a five-game series. It's not even a true seven to kind of get a, a sense. And so – there's so many different ways that you got to make up your roster and your team at, at certain moments of the year. 
when to push the cat's pedal, when to maybe back off. You know, it's great to have 111 winnings like the Dodgers did, yeah. but it didn't get them anywhere. Did nowhere. They got beat by us. Yep. And so that's kind of the idea is, like, when can you peak and yeah. maximize the guys that are around you? I think one of the big differences between baseball maybe, you know, 40 years ago and today, and you were more in the – the transition. That was closer to the 40 years. Yeah, but, but you, hear, you hear guys, why can't pitchers go deep into games anymore? What's what's changed? Why aren't pitchers as tough as they were back then? And I think what is not understood is that starters used to pace themselves a little bit more. And now you kind of pace yourselves against the hitters that you have to go up against. They're going to they're gonna murder you. Yeah. So you're going all out for as long as you can. And if that's five innings, if that's six innings, that's great. And then you get a reliever who comes in and he goes as hard as he can, whether it's three outs or five outs, and then they bring in another one who goes absolutely as hard as they can. There's not a lot of pacing yourself anymore on the mound in Major League Baseball. Yeah, we're not going 25 hours of Le Mans. We're going yeah. drag strip, quarter mile as fast as we can go with yep. everybody. And so, you know, I, I still feel like there's a caveat to have guys understand to, that pitching is different than throwing. And so if we can kind of morph back a little bit there, then I think you get some – some some different mileage out of our stars you get different mileage out of some of our relievers and then you have your specialty guys at the back end that can uh, really do their thing it's a bit of a, a pick and choose as well you got to know your lineups you got to know the guys that you can't let up at all against they're not saying you let up against other guys but you can maybe pitch them a little bit differently and save your arm a little bit to go deeper i honestly think the way the schedule set up this year and not having so many games in the division you're going to have the ability to kind of not get overexposed with say 19 games against yes, the guys yeah. in our division. so there's going to be an element to it that you can have other guys and keep them fresh because you're not going to like, oh, my gosh, we, we're in so many winning ball games. We're going to keep going with Josh. And now all of a sudden you get situations where they've seen Josh 12, 13 times. 100%. That's not going to happen. So yeah. it might be a little bit different in that regard. No, it's good stuff, man. I, we've got like one minute left with Trevor. Are you going to be out of spring training? I will be, yeah. All right, I'm looking forward to watching some pitching with you. One of the highlights of my spring training experience was watching. I can't even remember who was throwing. But you were quizzing me, and I was just failing miserably. But I learned. I learned a lot that day watching with the Hall of Famer. Uh, pretty cool experience. But I, I was out there uh, fantasy camp watching Baez and Morihone throw and, you know, Alesco, some of these these big arms coming up. It's crazy being that close that next close. to him oh that you my. can see the blind, feel the velocity and the late action. Oh. It kind of puts into perspective. Like, we watch games on television. It looks so easy. It looks really easy. You see the separation of the ball and the glove, and here it comes. Why are like we swinging, man? Like, how do you miss that pitch? I can see it plainly. Go stick your butt in the middle yeah. of the batting box, and it's completely you different You get a animal. pitcher who only throws 94. And yeah. I'm, and watching at home, you go, this guy's a soft toss. Let me put you a 94 in your rib and see how that feels. That's not going to dig in easy. Pretty fast. Well, uh, Trevor, I know they got you somewhere else, so we appreciate you stopping Thank by. Thank you very much. Thank Always you, buddy. Always a great treat to talk to the Hall of Famer. Trevor Hoffman, everybody. Big round of applause.